The taming of the shrew. The shrew. The taming of 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 the shrew. This is a conversation with Brayden Oakley. Beautiful. I would love it if you could read your bio, please. Sure thing. Okay. Working with Brayden has been such a wonderful experience, filled with laughter, learning, and scaring Katrina. As the producer and creative director of the play, Brayden has created some phenomenal costumes and set ideas that capture the timeless essence of the production. Brayden also helps create a safe and fun rehearsal environment that enables us to learn and grow as performers, even when he does a well-mastered eye roll. Brayden is a fun, insightful, and crucial part of the cast, even if it's an early seedy Sunday rehearsal. Which is correct. How does that make you feel? It makes me feel... I should actually talk into the mic. Um, <laughs> it makes me feel good that people recognise that I'm trying to create a space, uh, a safe space for everyone to be able to work in. And it just it feels so good. And now that I know who wrote it, it's, it's very cute. Mm. I don't want to skip too far ahead because there's a lot of, there are a lot of things that I want to talk to you about. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll, we'll start from the the beginning of this, this, this sort of experience and Mm -hmm. then maybe come back to that safe place. Yeah. You are the producer, the person behind Stencil Productions. Yes, I am. That's me. Can we please talk about uh, how Stencil Productions came into being? Well, it started back in the heyday of COVID (laughs) when I just wanted to create like a small business. I ended up starting it stenciled as a theatre business. I was going to focus on selling scripts from um, Tasmanian writers. Um, But then that that didn't end up happening because I didn't get much traction from it. Mm. Um, That can happen with ideas. Yeah. it's. um, I often think it's uh, timing plays Mm -hmm. a really big role in that. Mm -hmm. Um, And if you're in the midst of COVID... (laughs) Yeah, I was like, oh, people should be writing. It's COVID. They have all the time because in lockdown. But I feel like there's also so many other ways that people can get their scripts into the world. So Mm. I was like, but at least I didn't end the company there. I just kept evolving it into what it is today and collaborating with other artists and theatre companies. And then I made the choice to produce my first ever show. So that's when we got here. But um yeah, it started off being just an independent company focusing on collaborating with other people to alleviate like pressure from them so they can focus on the actors more mm-hmm. so they didn't have to care about like the set design or the lights so they, they could just focus on the um, actors and develop them. Yes, mm-hmm. and I think, um, I think that you've achieved exactly that. Mm-hmm. Um, I have to first congratulate you on a sold-out opening night. Yes, thank you. Uh, yes. With a wonderful, wonderful audience mm-hmm. uh, who were ready from get from the get-go. Having walking out those doors and it was like a stampede of people waiting to come in, which was really good to see. I was like, 
so many people. But And you'll always remember that as your first, yeah. you know, and, and what a way to kick things off in mm-hmm. your production career. Yeah, which is really good. So taking taking a look at those safe spaces, you know, as I've been speaking to my friends and peers about this production and, you know, really um, I've really described what you're trying to do as um, being deeply embedded in the LGBTQ plus community, in the Mm -hmm. queer community. I I actually had a conversation with a friend of mine just about how how dynamic I would say in the past six or eight months the work from the queer community has been. I mean, it's just been outstanding. Mm-hmm. I, I think that uh, that community is absolutely taking centre stage at the yeah. moment, uh, which I love personally. <laughs> <laughs> um, and and you, you're a big contributor to that. Your final dress rehearsal... Uh, was a charity event. Can mm-hmm. you speak about that a little bit? Yeah, so I created the company on the vision that um, we would support charities throughout whatever show we produce. Um, so that being, so this time we are supporting Share the Dignity, which is um, helping to end period poverty. Um, and conversation between me, the director, and the cast thought that this would be the um, charity right for the show because it embodies the themes of what the show is trying to put out to the audience. So like in future shows, we'll be supporting charities that also reflect what the show is trying to tell people so then we can financially support that matter that way rather than because as much as we can spread awareness through acting, it's always good to financially support them. So I'm trying to support by giving a profit of the takings from the show to the charity plus that's also paying the actors which is really important because actors are valued and they need to be paid. That's definitely a conversation I have a lot. I know I would say 100% of the people I know in the arts do so much free work mm-hmm. and um you know, it's so important that their work is valued. Uh, so for your actors to get paid, um, I mean, that should be the standard, the fact that it's not. Yeah. It means that we still have a, a lot, of, a long way to go in terms of respecting the arts and the people involved in it. Mm-hmm. Um, that's exactly true. That's really special uh, to be able to, it's fantastic to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. Would you be able to sort of expand on these themes that you're talking about within the show? Me personally, probably not. It's probably more a Katrina question because I've like put most of that stuff behind me because I've been trying to focus on everything else in the preparation. Mm. So it might be a gray area for me. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Don't be. There's something that's definitely something I noticed is, you know, you are producing a show you're doing graphic design for the show. You're, um, you're writing these wonderful things for the show. You're organizing mm-hmm. everything. And um, yeah, how how would you describe your role? I mean, I'm I'm describing what I'm seeing, mm-hmm. but how do you feel? I think it's the like. I feel like I've taken a lot on board from my first show, like taking on the role as producer, designer 
and graphic designer in some parts. Like we did hire a freelance artist to design our main graphic, but then I contributed all into a document and created the posters and the program. So I feel like it was a learning curve for me to understand what I need to take a step away from and get other people involved to help support the show. Delegating. Delegating <laughs> is the key. I think maybe because it was my first one, I was too scared and I wanted to make sure that it went smoothly. No, I, I um, you know, perhaps you might see it that way, but I think the importance of delegating responsibilities cannot be understated. I know that I have personally run myself into the ground mm -hmm. at times because I've thought that I could do it all, but yeah. that's just... That's just fiction. Yeah, and I mean, like, I never knew what, understood what the um, role of producer actually meant in undertaking. And now that I've actually done it, I know that I definitely need to focus on that and let some other people focus on some of the other key parts in the show mm. or in creating the show, I should say. So I've definitely taken on a lot more than what I was probably capable of, but I have achieved it. You have. And I'm proud of myself that I have, but I need to let, some things go and delegate them to other people who give them the chance to develop themselves as well. That That's it too. I think we had a brief conversation about uh, perfectionism mm -hmm. and you bringing up allowing other people to develop their skills is a really, it's a really good point. Mm -hmm. um, it's hard to, it's hard to shut down ego and let other people um have a go yeah exactly and like I'm such a perfectionist it's just that like I sit in the audience some nights and I'm like I could have done that better and I could have done this better but in the end I just have to let it go and I've done the best that I can and it's been the best show that I've ever done so I think I just I'm very hard on myself and when it comes to things like this especially being my first show I'm definitely more hard on myself but you know, I, I'm, I'm getting to know you and I think that you have high expectations of yourself mm -hmm. and I think you have high ex expectations of other people too, but you do it in a way that isn't, you're not demanding anything. You, It's an invitation mm -hmm. for the actors or for the people that you're working with to reach those expectations. You are supporting them mm -hmm. uh, in doing that, not saying this is how it has to be and you're doing it wrong. <laughs> yeah, it's about the collaborativeness of it all. Like there's, there needs like there's a difference between like, like a set hierarchy and then more of a collaborative hierarchy like in like when things need to actually be done then that hierarchy needs to come in place but to create what you need to create you need to collaborate to make sure that everyone's comfortable mm. and, yeah. Going back to safe places, safe mm -hmm. spaces, I know that this is something that is incredibly important to you. Yeah. Uh, why is it so important to you? I feel like there's just been a lot of like, there's been a lot of unsafe places in the theatre community that have recently come about, which I'm not, 100% on top of but like in the end being someone from the LGBT community it's like the community never understood us as people and creating that safe place for people in to theater? be 
Oh, in general. The large, yeah, larger yeah. society. So creating this theatre company and creating that safe space for people to actually come and feel safe is probably like, like it's not a theatre company for like professional actors to come and perform. It can be for like new actors that don't feel comfortable anywhere else and I just want to create that space that they can come and feel comfortable to perform their well, true this selves. this Brian's first sure. play. Mm-hmm. I mean, and you, there's no way you'd know. I, I'm no. sorry. I, I know that I'm not um, a theatre connoisseur but I had no idea. He was brilliant. I, he told us in the auditions and we have just forgotten about it because it's just been so seamless and so easy for him to take on the role that he has. And then I saw a post that his mum posted being like, it's his first show. I was like, my God, it, it was his first show. And I was like, God, that's a first for him. But it's good because, yeah, we've created that safe space for him to be in. And I think this is Peter's first show in Tasmania. Mm-hmm. It is as well, yeah. And Katrina's first time directing. I mean, we've got a lot of firsts. Yes, there's a lot of firsts within this show, which is really good. It is. It is. And it's, um, And did you pick the taming of the shoe or was that something that Katrina decided? Katrina decided because when I pitched this idea to Katrina, I was like, I want you to direct a show. I want it to be Shakespeare. We can start with three options and we can nail it down to one. And she ended up picking the team of the shrew because it was the first show that she's ever saw, ever saw at, at a theatre. Mm. It was the Taming of the Shrew and the Taming of the Shrew hasn't been performed in Tassie for so long. Really? So I mean, you can see why. <laughs> it's such a problematic comedy. So it's just It's just that it's hard to convey the messages that are in the show about like um, selling off daughters and all this money and like it's just we try to make it as modern and as clear to the audiences but trying to still sell those messages to them. Mm. But And I feel like we have done that because the comments that we've been hearing from the audience has been really positive and really good. It's certainly a very interesting show to be in the audience of, mm-hmm. um, especially, you know, there's the majority of the first act where I think the audience is consistently laughing mm-hmm. and then as you get to the end of the first act, you, you start getting these, oh, sounds coming from the audience and oh no. And <laughs> yep. And then some, there's some laughter and honestly, uh, when when Peter came out as the widow in the third act, in the second act, that was like a salve on my wounds. <laughs> I felt I, I had gone from having the time of my life to feeling brutalized, and then oh, thank God, there's a little funny at the end. Yeah, it was a nice positive sandwich. <laughs> yes. yes. And he, he and a lot of the actors have spoken about um, safe touch, mm-hmm. which is a very, very interesting concept that had not ever occurred to me. I, I mean, theatre, there's a lot of movement, there's a lot of engaging between bodies. Mm-hmm. Um, 
certainly there are scenes in this play that are quite violent. Yeah. Um, would you be willing to talk about about mm-hmm. that a little further? Yeah, so Katrina introduced, and I think Benny's also previously done it in other shows that she's performed in, um, but Katrina introduced touch points. So we paired up with the um, actors and we were touching, we would go down the body parts and like touch them in different ways and then they would rate them from one to ten, one being it's fine to ten being it's a no-go zone because I feel uncomfortable. It's like a what would you do BDSM list. (laughs) (laughs) So it was just about trying to feel like if everyone was comfortable in those touch points because there's so much into like intimate grabbing and pulling and pushing. It's just about we don't want to push the actors too far to feel uncomfortable to do a show. Mm. Like yes, they're in like they're in the position to act. And it's all about the act, but so much from acting can go away to your personal life. It's just trying to make sure there's the in between acting and professional personal life. So the touch points were definitely needed, especially for all the touch and the grabbing scenes in the show. <laughs> but yes. Um, yeah, there's certainly a lot of, um, and and a little bit of uh, um, nudity at some point. Sam is very confident. <laughs> yes. Well, we had to make sure in one night, because there was a little kid in the front row, we had to double check, like, make sure that they were comfortable with that happening because oh. um, Benny and Sam raised the, um, they raised it to us that there was a little kid sitting in the audience um, so they weren't comfortable in doing that scene fully to mm. its like capabilities but we just double-checked with the audience and they were fine. So. You're, yeah, I love that. You're making sure that everyone is comfortable. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not sure how many people would do that. I'm not sure how many people would go out to an audience member and just say, hey, I, I just want to check in mm-hmm. and make sure that you're comfortable. Mm. I don't, like it's like the small theatres you feel like they would, but for bigger theatres because there's so many people, it's probably unlikely. But mm. but we're just going to make sure that everyone, like it's not all about creating a safe space for our actors, it's also creating the safe space for our audience members as well because... Yeah. Sitting in that chair watching what's happening, you want to be comfortable. <laughs> yeah, especially because there is so much discomfort already mm-hmm. in the play and I think that people know that going in. Yeah. People know that, um, you know, it's not it's not all roses and rainbows. Mm-hmm. It does have a happy ending in the end though. So. Mm. Yes. Oh, thank goodness. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to just go back uh, really quickly to these um to this safe, safe touch and these uh, touch points, mm-hmm. did you notice a significant variation in where people, where the actors were feeling comfortable and uncomfortable? Um, it was mostly like people weren't comfortable in like the throat section, like ah, being grabbed in like the throat. But there was like some ticklish spots in the lower body, like the knees. But we didn't go as far as like the private areas of the body. They stayed untouched because. Yeah, of course. Um, but everyone was pretty comfortable 
in the end, I think it's because they built the relationship between one another that they felt comfortable with one another to be able to touch in those points. But it was just very around like the throat and grabbing because they didn't want to be choked. And I mean, that's very primal. I feel mm-hmm. like that uh, that has to go back to right at the beginning, very primitive, very yeah. primal because this is this, you could kill me here. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> this is my soft bit. Mm-hmm. I need this. Yeah. And you have a place on your website for your actors to anonymously? Yes, I do. So it's um, called Feel Safe with Stenciled. So I originally credit for just our like production season shows for our cast and not even cast. It could be like our director. It could be anyone on the creative team that they could anonymously, I can't even say the word, anonymously <laughs> um, put in concerns or it doesn't even have to be about them. It can be about someone else in the team that they feel like there's concerns with that person um, and then it'll be sent and then we'll have discussions about it um, just to make sure and then we're like we'll raise it and then if it needed to go further, we'll take actions further. But luckily it hasn't come to that yet, which is really good. Um, but there is always that option if they don't feel comfortable that they can go to the website and anonymously put in their concerns, which is really so good. So ha- has that been news? No, it hasn't. It had, that's amazing. So it's really good. That's it, amazing. Mm. I, I, I think I, I have maybe maybe two two more questions. Um, the first is, I I have an ongoing working relationship with my producer Carter. Mm-hmm. Um, we've been working together for about three years. Um, I know a little bit of his personal life. He knows a little bit of mine, but it is really work-based and I can't imagine working with anyone else (laughs) it's he his work is superb I feel that we have a great working relationship where we can be very honest with each other um if he would like to take a risk in one area I support that if I want to take a risk he he supports that so really the 12 of you have come together, uh, Katrina, the director, yourself, the producer, Liv mm-hmm. as the stage manager, yep. and your nine actors. Mm-hmm. Moving on to your next production potentially, I mean, I suppose you'd be working with new actors. I mean, there will always be the opportunity for those actors to re-audition. Um, as Is much- there favouritism? Will there be any favouritism? No, there's no favoritism. I don't have any favorite children. Um, but it also just depends what show we do and if there's the right role for them. Mm. But I love the actors that we chose. And me and Katrina could not stop thinking when we had the auditions of we wanted to cast these certain people. But we've made we made the right choice and this cast cannot be any better. Like I love them all dearly. They're all like my other nine children. Yes, you've become a family and now you might move on at some point and do something different with, uh, and hopefully make another new family for the time being. But, yeah. Um, it, it must be difficult knowing that at some point, well, I, the 28th, mm-hmm. this is coming to an end. Yeah. But I don't reckon it'll be the end. I reckon we'll still catch up and I still have... I'm still close to a few of the actors, so I'm sure 
They'll always stay, but we'll always have our group chat where we can always still talk to one another. <laughs> Gabby can still send her voice messages that she's been doing to the group chat. Oh, I love that. That seems like a very Gabby thing to yeah. do. <laughs> like I'm quite busy right now, so I'll just blah, blah, blah. Yeah. <laughs> but I feel like once we're a family, we're always a family in the end. So I feel like. I love that. And I feel that so much with in, in terms of, you know, choosing choosing your family because you're aware Mm-hmm. That you're making that choice, mm-hmm. you know, you don't get to pick your mum, yeah, or your father, or your aunt, or, mm-hmm. or your siblings, yeah. And, and so, you get to choose these yeah. people every day, you get to choose to work with them, you mm-hmm. get to choose to maintain the friendship. But it is, it is really beautiful yeah. to make that choice and to keep choosing, mm-hmm. like, like I wouldn't say no to recasting them in another show, but. I also want to give the opportunity to other people to feel safe and feel the the environment of senseless production. So, do you think that you and Katrina will move on together in the next production? I would. I would love to work with Katrina again, especially if it's a Shakespeare, because I know what she's capable of and I know what she wants to do. I mean, she is a wild horse. She is. She. Watching her in the warm-up, truly, I can't say it enough. It's the happy. It's been the happiest moments of the past week. I just, I love it. Yeah, I don't know if I could do this experience again with someone different. Katrina mm. has just been such a a lifeboat, if that's a if that's a saying. But if it I isn't, love, it's yeah. one now. I love that. Yeah, lifeboat, and she's so warm. She is so warm. Mm-hmm. She's very grounding. Yeah. I don't think I would be sane if I didn't have her. <laughs> I think because we've known each other for so long and we went to school with one another, I think it's just... Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, so you've got all of that shared history as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's a year younger, but we did tech together in college. And, yeah, I helped her with her first... We did a college show of the Scottish play back in college which I can't say the name of the Scottish play, but if you know, you know. <laughs> I don't know. Someone let me know. <laughs> it's cold. It starts with an M. Okay. Ah, uh, uh, yeah. right. Okay, now I know. Yeah, you're not allowed to say it in the theatre because it's <laughs> it's cursed apparently. Right, I see. I see. Yeah. I accidentally said good luck to someone mm-hmm. um, the other day and I thought, no, no, I've heard that's bad. Don't do yeah. that. So I have a chuckers or break a leg. <laughs> and you're not allowed to whistle in the theatre either. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, because apparently back in the days, I think with whistling, like it was an indication for something and stuff would normally drop. So I think <gasps> it was just like something like that. I don't know the actual meaning, but you're not allowed to whistle in a theatre because it's bad luck. Okay. I, I don't think I have and I will do my best <laughs> to remember that now. <laughs> is, there, is there anything that you'd like to say about this experience um, about the people you've worked with, about this show that you feel you haven't had the opportunity to express? Um, I mean, coming into it, it was a risk. But mm. in the end, taking the risk has paid off. And, like, if I didn't risk it, I don't know what I'd be doing with myself right now. I'd probably be in home watching Netflix or something <laughs> because I would have been too scared to do it. But doing this risk with, like, these people and it's just been an experience in itself 
and I would always do it again in a heartbeat for them. Um, what else can I say? Oh, well, I mean, I didn't say much in my speech for the opening night because I'm nervous and I don't like speaking. Um, I, the irony, the absolute irony of you dealing with these big voices, mm-hmm. um, these huge, I mean, Benny is a mountain. Yeah, she's um, a fiery woman, that one. <laughs> and and you sort of coming in a little bit nervous, a bit shy, corralling everyone into doing this huge thing. I mean, you've had to, I'm sure you've had to overcome some fear in that. Yeah, because I'm such a soft-spoken person. I've definitely had to come up like a lot of fear, like being in a room with such people with such strong voices and and like I've had to make sure that I've been heard and what I need to be telling them because I don't like confrontation or I don't like being outspoken. I'd rather just it happen, so... I don't know, there's been a lot of things that I've had to adapt and change to make sure that this show became what it was. But I put myself out there and it's definitely paid off. Absolutely. But um, uh, just working with these people has been such an honour and that's all I really can say because they make me wordless, speechless. (laughs) That's the word, speechless. They all make me so speechless because they're so amazing, every single one of them. Especially Katrina. Hmm. Big love to Katrina. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Thank you so much for recording with me. Thank you for letting me be a part of this beautiful process. This week has been a dream. Mm -hmm. And thank you for coming on board. And I'm glad that you got to experience your first recording of a theatre show. Oh, and I think. It couldn't have been any other. (laughs) Yeah, so many firsts. Um, I'm glad it wasn't any other. This has been, this has been unbelievable. mm -hmm. Well, I'm glad you have enjoyed it. (laughs) And looking forward to what you're going to create with this. I can't wait to send it to you. Yes, I'm so excited. (laughs) Um, Well, yes, thank you. Thank you again. Thank you. This was Local with The Taming of the Shrew Treasure Chest. Local would not be possible without the incredible community of folks who make time to chat. I'd like to thank Stencil Productions, the cast and crew for welcoming me into their space. Honour the charity performance produced prior to opening night, of which 100% of the evening's profits went to supporting Share the Dignity, an important initiative with the goal to end period poverty and inequality. And finally, the beautiful Peacock Theatre. You were a wonderful building to inhabit for the week. The podcast is produced by Carter Pierce and myself. Our artwork was created by Gigi Gortz. The podcast is funded in part by the Regional Arts Fund. For more information on the podcast and its guests, please go to localthepodcast.com or localthepodcast on Instagram and Facebook. You can watch for Stencil Productions' next work at stencilproductions.com and Stencil Productions on Facebook and Instagram. To support Share the Dignity, please go to sharethedignity.org.au.